This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. and running we're doing it i'm not even going to give you time to to get prepared bo rude's in the house we haven't done this in a while we got the youtube going we're back baby we are back we're what is this today is friday december 30th i got the i'm touching the kansas, touching the kansas ball you got it all you got it all the video is back folks the, youtube is back we're back we're back and we're, we're we're doing it we got a lot to get to some of the stuff is like uh things that there's some news things in the husker football world that we haven't, you and I haven't really had an opportunity to sit and discuss. Yes. And yes. we're going to get into that. So we're heavy Husker football um, on a variety of things. We said when we did our signing day pod, as I pour my raspberry bubbly, uh, I was going to leave some meat on the bone. Well, this is the rest of the the, the meat on the bone. Um, I, can we get right into the big thing that I've just been dying to talk to you about? Yes. Yes, absolutely. The fact that Matt Rule kept Donovan Rayola. We, we touched on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let me lay out some things, and then we'll we'll unpack it. So Matt Rule was asked in his press conference kind of about keeping Donovan Raiola, and he said he was – apparently Donovan Raiola was, was trained by Harry Highstand, who's just – I don't know. We could <laughs> – Harry and the Hendersons? Harry and the Hendersons. Harry Highstand. So it's apparently it's, that's the same system that Matt Rule was trained in, So which I understand. There's, there's probably like terminology, how they teach things, whatever said he wanted that to be the system he ran in Nebraska. So that was something that was compatible. And he also said he liked Donovan's vibe and energy, and it was a natural fit. Yes. I guess we'll stop there for a second. That all can be true. You, he could have like, oh, yeah. you Harry and the Hendersons? You, you, you trained with Harry you trained and the Hendersons? Harry and Hendersons. I've seen that movie. Great movie. <laughs> I like your vibes. <laughs> I like, I, he could have liked him, trained with Harry and the Hendersons. But... I am of the school of thought that this is 1,000% about Dylan Raiola. Do you agree with that? That you Do you think that keep, Matt Rule keeping Donovan Raiola as the offensive line coach is all in an effort to land Dylan Raiola? Uh, so I'll, I will start by saying that you know we've I've talked to people about this, and I think that's kind of the consensus, mm-hmm. right? Um, the narrative, though, is that, Donov- that Donovan Raiola is wait. It's, no, that's right. Dominic. Dominic. Dominic Raiola. Okay. There's two. So you already. Things. We got to get this. But Dominic is like was not a good coach. Um, no, Donovan. Donovan Raiola. Dominic's God, still. No, is. I am. See, we're gonna get this. Right. So you're saying Donovan? The the, the narrative. Coach. Yes, the coach. Donovan. Yes. Donovan yes. Donovan Dominic Rale is the coach. Was the former player. Okay. Dom- Dominic Wilkins, I, former player, just trying to get some go. sort of stupid wow. connection. Sorry. Right. Yeah, my brain just flipped those two around. Uh, but that he was not a good coach. Right. right. Billy Donovan was the coach. Dominic Wilkins was the player. Dylan. Don- and Dylan. Is the neighbor next door. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, okay. Keep going. On Donovan Raiola, the narrative. Donovan Raiola. Yes. Uh but that he's not a good coach because the obviously the line didn't play well. Right. Um, I think he actually is a good coach. 
but let's here's where we have to be real. Like, I think he is a good coach. Um, his line didn't have a great year, right? Right. Matt Rule likes the system. Maybe he recognizes this guy might be a good coach, vibes all right. But like, if your nephew is not Dylan Riola, if Dylan is the kid next door that works at Burger King who's got acting <laughs> and is just trying to make the chess team or something, you know, like right. what are the odds he he gets kept? The only coach that gets kept, right? right. Where, you know, a Sean Beckton's had a lot of success recruiting and the, but like Sean Beckton, Sean Beckton's nephew was the number one quarterback in the country. Does Sean Beckton keep his job? Yes. I think that's the part where you go, would he have kept Do- Donovan. Donovan? Yes. Um, there's a maybe, at best, 50%, maybe less. Maybe uh, yeah. it's I 25. It's maybe it's 25. Here, maybe it's less. But if your nephew is the number one quarterback in the country right. who would maybe come here, because you're here and you're a pretty good coach. That is, that's the part yes. where I, I, it, it might be even, that might not be fair to Donovan, but. Well, you can make the case. I think it was Schick made the point when I was talking to him. He was like, let's be honest, two coaches have now hired Donovan Raiola in probably efforts to have a good opportunity to land Dylan Raiola with Frost. Yeah. And now Matt Rule. Where, like, I think it's one of those things, this is a classic scenario where, like, multiple things can be true at the same time. It doesn't have to be all this and all that. Like, I think, let's stick with Donovan for a second. Like, because Rule even said, he, he said that he's, I thought it was interesting in his press conference, he was like, listen, there's a narrative around here that the offensive line was the problem. And he was like, I don't agree with that. And he went into the whole thing of, like, you have to have an identity where, like, are we going to throw it? Are we going to run it? And when, you, when, you, when that's the case, you put your O-line in a tough spot. Um, you know, he even referenced the fact that he made Marcus Satterfield when he came to Carolina go coach the offensive lineman because that gives you a better understanding of how to call plays. But in defense, like if you're building a defense, if we are Saul Goodmaning after we we just defended Aberven and then in walks Evan Raiola into into the Albuquerque Albuquerque New Mexico you know court, yeah, you could build a compelling case. But like, here's the thing: last year. Cam Jurgens left. Didn't I don't know if people necessarily anticipated that. Cam Jurgens left. Uh, Noelle tests positive for whatever. Some yeah. drug test failed. He's out for the year. He was going to be a starter. Teddy Peno asked down, came back, could not pin anybody's ass down, yeah. and gets hurt. And there might have even been one more injury that I'm I'm forgetting. But that's th- those are significant. Those are at least three starters that they lost then also your head coach gets fired three games in so there's a lot of chaos all of a sudden mickey's the head coach whipple's now fully in charge whip whip wants to whip that thing around like there's a bunch of different things like that so like you could make the case that all those things worked totally against donovan Raiola. yes and don i mean and, and you know let's i'll give donovan this too is uh, you know, Mickey was probably going to get retained too. So, you know, he was trying to retain, but also like, I don't think Donovan really was pulling recruits at the time. You no, know, so I heard from a lot of people that he doesn't have, it was Mike Schaefer, 24 seven sports covers recruiting said, it's not like Donovan has a unbelievable track record, even in a short period of time of being an amazing recruiter. Yeah. So like, th- that's the part where you kind of go like, look, like it's pretty obvious. And 
you know, and this is where you, you brought up what Rule saying about the offensive line. Um, I think that's Rule being smart. You know what Rule's doing there? Is he saying he knows better than, like, throwing the offensive line and the old staff on the bus and, and telling these players to hit the bricks? Because you know what? He needs some of these guys to, yeah, to you get better want, and right. play well for him. So do you know his philosophy there is going, I don't think it's the old, these old line that are right. bad. Right. You know what he's saying? He's, he's trying to reach out to the guys that are still in this team and say, right. don't go in the portal. I actually need some of you. Especially those old linemen going into the portal would be a disaster. Teddy T, Cochran, uh, yes. Noelle, he needs those guys. Yes. He needs those guys back. So by him saying that, I don't think he's pretending that like he saw something that the rest of us missed. Like they played bad last year. Yes, they, they were, were not a good offensive line. Yes. Right. But he's very smart in the sense of he's not trying to throw his offensive line under the bus right now because he needs those guys. Right. So he needs some of those guys to So there could be yes, right. You're right. I, you know what I'm saying? Like yes. he, like what he's saying is more uh not necessarily like reality. It's more like he's trying to recruit his own guys. Sure. So there there is that. Like you who knows? You do fire you don't retain Donovan Riola. Maybe a lot of those guys leave and now you're in a it's one thing to go into the portal and go find a handful of receivers. You, yes. can, you can go do that. What do we talk about all the time? Our pizza dough toppings thing. Like it's hard to go into the portal and field an offensive line that's going to go be serviceable. So he probably knew that as well. Yeah. You don't mess with the big guys. I think that's no. probably like even, as much as it's true that they weren't good, it's also true that like it's hard to get any big guys. So like the, the decent ones you got, you better, especially the younger ones, right. you know. Cochran and, and, and Teddy P still like those guys. You really, yeah. You need those two guys big time. Oh, for sure. And you, I know we'll talk about it in a little bit. Like the the D line has had a mass exodus. Yes, that we'll get into as well. So, um, but at the end of the day, and I'm not like if you're looking at this, the only it's like okay, here's Donovan Raiola. He's got one year of being a position coach experience in college. That one year, his offensive line performed poorly, regardless of whose fault it is. Yeah. It performed poorly. He's not known or has a reputation of being this dynamic, amazing recruiter. So and he doesn't have a huge coaching resume. No, he's, he's, he's got a, his resume is very, very consistent coach in the NFL. Like he's never yeah. been like the guy at a school or a you know, an NFL team for multiple years. Like his resume is small. So you look at all that. That does not sound like a guy that you want to keep. Except when his nephew is the number one player in the country. Yeah. And not only is he the number one, it's it'd be one thing if his number is Dylan Riola was the number one player in the country and he was a he was a uh, outside safety. linebacker yeah. or safety, you go okay. I mean, you can, but when he's all, he's a quarterback, and it's a ch it's a change your program position. Yes, get. it is, and so and I don't I the fact that he retains Donovan Riola, and just a few days later, Dylan Riola decommits from Ohio State, and then Matt Rule, right after that news, he tweeted the gif of the Undertaker. Waking back up in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and he tried to say it didn't have anything to do with that, but like we all know that. I mean, The Undertaker came back. Yeah. You know, and so it's that that's like, hey, Nebraska's back. What an amazing, I mean, it's just amazing. 
Paul, his associate was Paul Bearer, right? <laughs> and they came up with the urn, right? Yeah, he was just very, oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. We, we ate it up, though. We ate it up. That was great. Oh. What was his finishing move, The Undertaker? Tombstone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Tombstone pile driver. By the way, remember when you powerbombed your nephew? Oh, I know. Bro was probably like, he was, he was the perfect size. He was like four. When we were probably 10, he was four. <laughs> and so he was, he was the perfect size that, like, you could actually, like, we, we had power bombed so many pillows that all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, here's a little person <laughs> who wanted to play. Who wanted to play. And we're like, you want to get, <laughs> you power bombed him in the basement. You never did? <laughs> I think I knew better than that. But side note, okay, so he tweets the Undertaker game. But like, I guess for me, you can say all you want. A hard floor, like on the pillows. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, you didn't like, we didn't go out in the concrete. You powerball. It was like on the pillows. Nevertheless, like it was like a legitimate powerball. It was a real powerball. Oh, he powerbombed him. I mean, it was one of those things as a kid. You've waited. I mean, you sit there and you you waiting for the day. At ten, you can't pick anybody up and do that. You know, like it's too hard to do. Probably each other at that time. Yeah, we couldn't. I mean, it's too weak. Yeah. Way too weak to get someone. I mean, that's hard. You, I mean, that's like a hang clean into like a press and a sl- med ball slam. You know, pretty good. It is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> good move. It is. It's a great move. I mean, what a great move. Um, I think this is all about Dylan Raiola, and I wonder. I would love to have been a fly on the wall. What were the conversations like when well, Rule sat down with? Donovan? Yeah, because here's here's the part that I find interesting about it, right? If you're ruling Raiola, it's it's not that uh, it's a bad thing if like oh uh, you know like we'll keep you you know because you're, your nephew wants to come where you're at he yeah. wants to come to Nebraska if you're here great that's I'm happy with that what's odd is if it's like hey I'm Donovan Raiola and my nephew might come if you keep me but maybe he won't. Like what? That's what's right. that game like? To me, it doesn't Great make point. sense. I like, really if he's that. not coming, it's like, what's the selling point then? If you can't guarantee he's coming, that's a great point. I guess I never looked at it that way. Of like, truly, and maybe this is why, in my mind, I think it's an inevitability. Like, I think it is. Like, it might happen. No, I think it is happening. Yeah. Because to your point, I don't know how you, if your rule, you probably sat across the table from Donovan and said. If you can guarantee me Dylan's coming, you're staying. Yeah. If if it's maybe, I mean, if your rule, yeah, because your O line hire is a huge hire. Yeah. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella, won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent 
at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. You don't want to mess that up and just for the chance that you might land Dylan. So I'm with you. Like, but see, how do you negotiate? Like, how is I don't that know. even? Because that's like probably like a tampering thing. Like, you can't do that in recruiting. I don't. Think. I don't know. I don't know how. I know. But but it's also like it's a touchy subject because I'm guessing they, without saying it, they had to say it, right? Yes. Because you can't. Matt Rule can't ask that, and Donovan can't say that. Probably. And Donovan can't guarantee. I mean, it's like Donovan's not doing. Yeah, and Dylan, you know, and Dylan probably has to be the one saying like, like. Somewhere, something along the lines of like, I want to come to Nebraska, but I just want it to feel like home, right. and I, I just want to make sure you someone's looking out for me. You know, wink, wink. You know, yes. like, and I, I don't know that they can actually be like, I need you to hire my uncle. I need you. To, you know, like I don't know if it can be said like that. I don't know either. I just and I'm I, guessing that rule didn't lay it out like yeah that. in that in that black and white of terms. But I think we all know that it's probably that. Everything is, is insinuated. Yes, with it that. is insinuated. It's got to right. be. Yeah. I mean, again, I think, so do you, like right now, we're in Vegas. If I could bet a lot of money on, like, I think it's a certainty that Dylan's coming. I bet you, I would say it's 80%. I think it's more. I don't think, I mean, that's, it could be more. But man, it's like, it's also interesting. He, okay, then let's think about this. Like, he didn't. He was not committed before Matt Rule. Right. So what does it say? Well, no, he was committed. You're, you're saying he wasn't committed to Nebraska. Correct. Maybe he wasn't there. willing to come to Nebraska unless it's Matt Rule and his uncle. Because it was his uncle and Scott Frost. He wasn't willing to commit. Right. And maybe there, was, maybe there was something about Frost that he didn't like. That's the part that's kind of interesting. He, there's something about Frost he didn't like. And there maybe was maybe that. He, here's, here's what is recruiting just repellent yeah is a situation where a coaching situation is unstable true that's true where he's looking if you're dylan you go man i go there and frost is fire who am i getting who am i getting all that stuff so i think it was a combination of a bunch of those things but just the fact that it is he was committed to Ohio State, and that makes sense. I mean, Ohio State has – basically, Ohio State's become wide receiver you. Yeah. Like, you are going to have the best wide receivers in the country. Always good alignment. Always good alignment. Like, it's it's quarterback paradise in some ways. The fact that Donovan gets kept, and then a few days later, he decommits from Ohio State. I mean, like, not – I mean, if we're close. detectives, we're like, no, what could this mean? Do we have a warrant? Like, there's enough for a warrant. It's basically like there's, like – a dead body in the floor. There's like a guy holding a, a knife and he's like, I'm like okay, let's think about it. I don't know that he killed that guy. Have you been here all night? Yes, I have. Been here all night. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Hold I still on. don't know if he killed that guy. Yes, that's what it is, though. Are you related to this person? Yes, he's my father and I hate him. Okay, okay. Uh, that's what it is, though. Yeah. It's guy, knife, dead body. He hates the guy that is laying dead. But we cannot officially yes, charge him with charge crime, him, Right. <laughs> We could be suspicious. So we I'm have very, our suspicions. I'm very We're suspicious. Thinking about getting a warrant. I'm very suspicious. I if I there would be a warrant for the arrest of Dylan Rayola in Nebraska. If I were the chief of if I were Chief Wiggum, 
there would be an order. Him, yeah, yeah, get, get him, boys. Go get Dylan, boys. That's what would happen. Oh, I'll get the <laughs> um, Okay, with Dylan, I guess then the question becomes, like, let's put ourselves in Matt Rule's position. Is it worth keeping a potential neh O-line coach if you can land the number one player in the country, the number one quarterback in the country? It's a fascinating, fascinating... Yeah, but see, I, I, that's right. I don't think it's fair to call him. I think like he's uh, he's a Look pretty you, good Donovan, coach. You're a Donovan. You're a DD. You're a Donovan defender. I am a Donovan defender. Yeah, you like them double Bs, boy. You and you and Donovan defender. Yeah, cool. uh, so I, that's where I, like, I don't think he's a. I think that's the, the wrong. The right narrative is that he probably was because of his nephew. The wrong narrative is that he's a terrible coach. I, I don't think he's a bad coach. I think okay. he might be a good coach. Yeah, I guess I don't. Yeah, I think his, that's probably. Fair. I think I'm his, probably. I'm just telling you, I watched a couple of those, a couple of those interior linemen and, and tackles we had have just been with McGee, with McGee, Standstill Jones, Stand- <laughs> <laughs> Frankie Falls, Frankie Falls, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we, we just have had, we've had some guys that just haven't been great performers. I, I think the coach has to take some blame for that, for sure. But I don't think it's fair to call him like. A terrible coach. These are not all his recruits. Okay, that, I'll that. okay. Let me let me try to rephrase it because you in a court of law you just said objection. What would it, a, a hearsay or that's is it what objection? Yeah. Okay, let me rephrase it. Is it worth keeping an offensive line coach that you have no connection with that has no unproven, un, a very unproven? He's that's got fair. one year as a position coach. Is it worth keeping that guy? If it can land you the number one recruit in the country, the number one quarterback in the country, my answer is yes. That's my, my answer. My too. answer is yes. If if you can get him, uh, yes. Like right. I'm, I'm just because if you get the number one quarterback in the country, there's a chance he's the next Mahomes or Peyton or you right. know usually that's the case. Like yeah, he's the next Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Yeah, there, there's a Tua, chance there. Like yeah, these these you know, now I, I was interesting. I was looking through. There's also a lot of like. There's been a lot of five-star sure. top quarterbacks that have, you know, not panned out to be much, you know. Um, but there also have been the Tua, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, those kinds of guys. Uh, oh boy, at Bama right now, Bryce Young. Yeah. Like, uh, but but see, I think the the risk reward of it is probably there's more reward. You know I, what I mean? Like, yeah. The risk is like your your line play is not as good as it could be. The reward is. You get a program-changing quarterback who sets your program on a trajectory that you could never have got to, whether your O-line play was great or crappy before. Well, you know? And, and landing, a, landing the number one quarterback in the country is going to attract other top-level recruits. So that's, that's the it. other thing that it that's does. It. And I think so. It's, not only would you land other potential five-star wide receivers – but I think you could land the top linemen. You want to go play like you as a as a recruit. You want to go play with the best quarterback in the country. Just yeah. understanding the importance of that position. So you might end up getting better O line because Dylan Raiola, the number one recruit, is there. My analogy in my pod a couple a couple pods ago was like, you know, I got to assume. I'd love to know how it works in Hollywood. Like when you land a certain actor, that gets other actors on board. For sure, you know, you, like if, if you hear T. Cruz or DiCaprio or Brad Pitt in a movie, everybody's lining up to just jump on, right? Because I want, like, for uh, one of my underrated Hanks, 
films is Catch Me If You Can. I love that movie. Yeah. I mean, when you hear that Frank Abagnale is going to be played by Leo, maybe then Hanks is like, well, I'll go, I'm in there. Or, or even here, it's like, it's a Spielberg movie, right? right. That's the type of thing, like, I'm in. It doesn't even matter yes. what it is, I'm in. That's where, like, that's where these, like, coaches, head coaches and quarterbacks are by the two position, two people that you, like, it, if it's a certain caliber there, they will attract him. Yes, yes. So I think it's worth it. I think it's a fascinating scenario to watch. I am of the school of thought that I would put it more than 80%. I think it's in the 90s percent that like Dylan is going to be a Husker. I just, it, the, it would the be. The question is, how soon will, will he commit? Because to me, uh, the longer he goes without committing, the the more it's, it's going to be a little bit more of a, like he'll help Nebraska the earlier he commits for that. That reason, totally agree. Like, saying, if you come and jump in, because yeah, then, because then you can recruit yes. as a recruit, right? I totally agree. So, so what timeline? What what point do we get past? Like hearing, like if it gets to July and he hasn't committed, is it if he needs to commit the next month? I mean, he I, need I, to, for him to to take it all the way to, to the fall to the. Fall and stuff like that seems like that seems. I mean, unless he wants to see a year of Matt Rule's team, I mean, maybe he, maybe he's literally just he goes. I need to, I need to see it. Before. Which I can understand, but at the same time, like if you want to, you're also. I would also tell Dylan like what we're saying. Like you want to give yourself the best chance to have the best people around you. Yeah. The sooner you jump in, the sooner yeah. Leo is Frank Abagnale Jr. The sooner you're gonna get other people. The sooner. You know what's funny. It's funny. I went to a game in. Uh, it's October, maybe, or early November. And Dylan and his family were there. Yeah. And I was, because I, I had passed. Yeah. And I would go into the, I go in the see Dylan? I did. I was in the, I was in the, uh, like the player's lounge yeah. up in the coach's office. I went into my, I go to my brother's office. Yeah, I went I, with you. Yeah. And I steal yeah, some of those waters and, yeah. and drinks. Yeah. And I take them back out. It's great. Uh, can't do that anymore, <laughs> right. unfortunately. That sucks. But I went in the player's lounge to get, a coffee because they have coffee in there. Yeah. Coffee. So I was getting a coffee to go and Dylan was in there. I was like, I go, I thought he committed to Ohio State. Like, what's he doing in here? Right. And I thought, oh, he's just using another official visit, maybe just to see his uncle and visit and get a, a game. I was like thinking about that because I I had no concept was, of isn't isn't there another younger Raiola? There was that, another younger that was one that, that was maybe taking a visit unofficial or something like that. What how did Dylan look? I mean, he's a pretty big kid, but he's like wearing sweats and those. That's it. Was he tall? I guess I'm not even sure what his measure. I think he's was. about six three. Because, yeah, I mean, they're, they're big bone kids, you know. Like they're the Riolas are are you know, dominant. Six three two twenty. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a big kid. He's he's not like six five, but he's like six three. Six three two twenty is pretty big. Yeah, but yeah, I was just like I, I remember at the moment I kind of just like was like. I didn't. I didn't put two together. Like I never thought he was coming here. No, because he was coming at, he was, at that point. He was at Ohio State. He was at Ohio State, but yeah. the fact that he came back yeah, means I, mean, I think that whether that it was Matt Rule or Mickey Joseph, want to take another peek at it. I think there was something there to the new to Donovan and a new staff. Right. I think there was something there. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, think if you've. You want to see the campus and see things as much as you can. Yeah. So because that's a, I mean that's a big a big time to come back again. Because I mean you know he was still in football season I think at the time. Yes. 
So that was a big that was a yeah, big tell that I missed, and I saw the guy in person. I was like, ah, that's nothing. Right. <laughs> I literally thought, ah, that's nothing. See, the, okay, so I should have asked him. Yeah, walked by me coming, and said, hey, Dylan, you coming here? Dylan, you coming? So okay, there you go. Wanted to talk. I've been like wanting to talk to you about that for like a, a while now. The other thing I wanted, I just got a bunch of Husker stuff I'm throwing at you. Um, we talked about this a little bit, but we got to expand on it. Casey Thompson is officially staying. Yep. He had shoulder surgery. He, the way I understand it, he's not going to be ready for spring football. Creates an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um, I think it's challenging when you, when a new staff takes over and you're not ready for the spring, but at the same time, like, Adrian Martinez had surgery and he went to a new system in Manhattan for Kansas state and didn't play in the spring, but he started. Yeah. Uh, I think it's huge that Casey Thompson is back. Um, I've said this before, I've fallen in love with the new thing one too many times and assuming that the new quarterback and the new stuff is going to be better. And I, I'm not falling for that again. Jeff Sims might be good. Uh, I, I have seen Casey Thompson do it. I think Casey Thompson is good enough. Do you? I think Casey Thompson will be the day one starter. When they play at Minnesota to start the year, I think he's a starter. I guess two parts. What do you think about Casey staying? Do you think he's the day one starter? Uh, love that Casey staying. That's, I mean, like I said, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, this sh- shoulder surgery, it's his left shoulder, um, I believe. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. And, you know, like I said, that, that's the – you know, that recovery's shoulders, it, it kind of will slow you down. I, I think he'll be ready. Uh, I don't think a new system will bother him. He's, he's a veteran. He's old. Older guys can pick it up faster. Yes. Just how it is. I, I know it's like, it's going to be a lot, but he's going to get some reps over the summer. It's, you know, so he'll be a little rusty. Uh, by fall camp, he'll get his reps in. He should be, he should be ready to go. Because, because he is old enough, he'll be able to handle digesting a new playbook. He's been through it. He's right. he's had in-game reps. He understands concepts. It will be okay. It won't be too hard for him. So he's been through two or three systems now. Uh, he'll be able to get it. Now, what's interesting is after even our last conversation, this Jeff Sims, um, there's just more coming out about him and Matt Rule, how much Matt Rule really likes it. this guy, one of Matt Rule's former uh, coaches that he coached yep. with, um, you know, recruited and and recommended this guy there's that connection so sims is sort of resume now is standing out to matt rule apparently as much as anybody so um i mean what i mean by that is like like i think it was a mitch sherman thinks thinks that right now jeff sims is in the driver's seat to be the guy right and i, I was like oh that's surprising because casey i was like damn casey's been good so i still think casey Right now, to me, is my guy. But it's it's interesting to hear how much they like this this Jeff Sims and how athletic and how um, how much of a talent he, he actually is. So I'm trying to figure out. I agree, by the way, and I uh, rule even dropped a little nugget. We talked about this. How uh, he said NFL people like yeah. reach yeah. out, so you know, get this kid right. Like mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he he's a specimen. He's a yeah. He he can run all that stuff. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is, what's popping? Well, here's the thing. That greeting 
has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough. Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly wanting to get it popping. Great for a snack, great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth, and you are set. All I got to say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. I'm trying to think of the time. So he is, he spent three seasons at Georgia Tech. Yeah. Now, the COVID thing makes it kind of, it's like playing blackjack with an ace comes out. You're like, okay, um, I'm at 15 or what am I at? You yeah. know, you like addition becomes a problem. But with a COVID year, so I guess what I'm trying to figure out is how many seasons of eligibility does Jeff Sims have at Nebraska? Because then there's other, to circle back to what we talked about, there's Dylan Riola waiting in the wing. Yep. And he's a 2024 guy. And if you're bringing in that, he, he's starting. Yep. So, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Actually, I think that's a. I I think most of these kids think they're ready to start. Some are and some are. No, usually, I, I would, are I would assume far. the plan. I would think if you're bringing him in, you're assuming he's going to start. You don't know, but I would think you're like, all right, I'm bringing in the number one quarterback in the country. Let's unless unless proven otherwise, I'm, I'm thinking he's likely going to have the be the guy. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, here's what I think. I think you you plan your future around. I, I think the first four to 12 games, you don't need to rush him out. Sure. There, right. You got to make sure your line's ready. You're right. You know, or you have the guy that's like, Hey, we're going to start the older guy for the first part of the year and see how he does. Get right. you really ready. Cause that's kind of how we two up. Yeah. You get him ready to succeed, you know? And right. then it's like, if, if it becomes really obvious, Hey, this guy's just better then you work, you, you make it happen eventually. But no, but I, you, I don't think you rush the young kids. I think I'm a believer in like, Man. I know I I am too. Usually, I'm just saying like these guys anymore. Like, I mean, it's, but you can. I don't know if you can guarantee anybody. Like, even the number one quarterback, you can say and say pretty much like, look, I think you're gonna play, right? But like, if you are not better than sure. than the veteran court, like a Casey Thompson versus a true freshman superstar, it's in a year the superstar will be better than him, right? But Casey, like the veteran guys in the first six games of a year, I think there is something about that, like a, a brand new, you know, deal. Oh, yeah, the, for the sure. Brand new deer trying to walk. Yeah. It's still, it's still tricky being a true freshman, making that transition from high school to college. It goes, right. it is fast, man. So there's few and far between that have been able to walk in as a true freshman and play the first game. Right. I guess the good thing about Sims is that he's not like a freshman where if he's the starter, then Dylan goes, well, wait a minute. No, you're, no, you know, no. so I, I think, I think that the timeline could, could work out. Okay. Whether Casey's the starter or Jeff Sims is a starter for a Dylan yeah. Riola to come in. Three, he's, he's played three, three years. years. So he's either got 
my guess is he's got two more years of eligibility. Two more if he wants to take his COVID redshirt year uh, redshirt. So, which at this point, like, gosh, it just it makes everything so crazy. It does. These guys I, are playing like it's I mean, like Mar- good for them, but it's also like I think a lot of people would be like happy when that stuff's like the COVID redshirt. It's just probably, it's a kind of messed up the numbers on things for people. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, because Charles Thompson, Casey's dad, was quoted as saying, like, you know, basically his quote was some of the effect of like, we, we ain't, we're coming back, but we ain't sitting, we're starting. So good, and, though. And that's, that's competition, right. man. That means the quarterback you get between Casey Thompson and Jeff Sins is going to be the guy that's playing good football. Right. You know? Right. That's good. We, we need more. Nick, we haven't had that around here in a long time. Right. I mean, we kind of had the McCaffrey-Martinez thing. For a year, but I mean, it's been like Luke McCaffrey went and was a receiver at Rice. Yeah, and that's no. a receiver. The receiver we had to have a receiver give us competition. Right, right. Well, like I'm trying to think. I mean, besides that, I mean Tommy Armstrong. I don't remember him having much competition. No, uh, it's been a problem. It's been a problem. I mean, Tanner Lee. Tanner Lee had no competition. Martinez, Martinez walked in. Martinez walked in. Had him and Jebia, and then. Jebbia leaves, but then Martinez basically had no real competition for years. Yeah, so I'd say the Martinez Jebbia was the best competition. Yeah, probably. other than that, it's been. But then we lost Jebbia. And then you lose Jebbia. So, I, but I think it's a great thing that Casey Thompson's coming back. I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing Casey Thompson's coming back. And I think it's a great thing we got the Jeff Sims because, you know, we found out you always need two quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. You got to have two. Right. And so now to be interested in what happens with those other, you know, with Chuba, Smothers, Harburg, Richard Torres, like that's a lot. Are they going to have six scholarship quarterbacks? Yeah, that's right. There's going to be some some dudes bouncing. I mean, between I got to think between Harburg and Torres, <sighs> Smothers might just be in. He might just be like, I'm in. The, I'm in for the long haul here. Right. But Chuba to me is the guy that's like he's kind of the odd man out right now. The thing that's weird is. I don't know how this works anymore now. It's like, because he already transferred. Like, because it started as like the one year, the one time transfer rule, but so many times you see guys leave multiple times and they're eligible right away. But can he do it as his coach? I think when a coach leaves, that opens the door. I think he, I think he has, maybe he didn't take his, because Frost was technically fired. I would think. And don't you could, have a certain window from when your coach is hired to enter the portal? I thought so. And that's why that Isaiah Garcia Castaneda left. Yeah. So I think it's like a maybe like a forty or forty day window to from preserve when, the eligibility. Yeah, so, 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 so Chuba was going to get to play. So Chuba stuck around. So Chuba could be stuck. Is not the right way to put it. But Chuba could kind of be stuck here, unless he wants, unless to, he wants to go sit out of you, which sucks. You know. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see that quarterback situation and that quarterback room is crowded. Um, but I love, uh, I like the picture of Casey and Jeff Sims. Mm-hmm. And then again, I think Royal is going to be in that room at, in a couple of years. Uh, I want to talk a couple of, of the staff okay. for a second. Tony White is the defensive coordinator. Yep. Came from Syracuse. Now, when you initially see the news and you see that he runs a 335 you go oh my god Ugh. Mm-hmm. 335 against Iowa Wisconsin Minnesota like oh my god but rule in his press conference basically said listen we're, we're not necessarily going to run the 335 like we're going to run what fits uh and referenced it, I think he ran 43 at Temple or 34 at 
Carolina, like he's done a little bit of everything. Now you look at like actually some of Tony White's like it was the, this is this is Huskerville put this out. Let me read some stuff on Tony White. He was uh, the nation's most improved defense in 2021. In Syracuse, moved up 93 spots in total defensive rankings when White took over. They ranked seventh nationally in defensive touchdowns in 2020 at Syracuse. They were they ranked top five nationally in interceptions of two of his final three years as cornerbacks coach when he was at San Diego State. Uh, he was top 10 nationally in defensive touchdowns in two of his three years at Syracuse. Um, he, in Syracuse, they ranked 19th nationally in total defense in 2021. So, like, he, he's another younger guy that hasn't been in too terribly long, but he's got a, a relatively impressive resume for a yeah. short period of time. What, I mean, the, the 3 3 5, can you, I, I mean, I get. People like you can't help but picture three, three, five in your picture, like three down linemen and then like five yards off the ball, five people. It's not going to be like that. But no. can you, can you, what can a three, three, five work in the Big Ten? Uh, yeah, I think it can. I also don't think it has to be only that. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think some people get too, too caught up in like, this is all, the only thing we can do every play. Like, you can run a three, three, five. Some downs, a four three, some downs, right. nickel, some you're gonna be doing lots of things anyway. Um, so maybe they're gonna run no three three five, but maybe they're gonna have some of it, and that's fine. I think it's just the concept is there's a little bit more movement um than a typical like a typical three four, right? Right. It just creates a little bit more movement with your linemen, I think, versus true like, you know, plugging up like two gapping sometimes right. where the three four uh, would be so I just I, from what I understand is more movement uh, kind of causes chaos a little bit and that's what people like about it um, but I, I got no problem with a three three I don't really don't have a problem with schemes necessarily I think you just got to be able to have the players that can run your scheme. right I think so, Danny Woodhead even said he goes people get way too caught up in scheme yeah don't worry and about scheme it, it's it's not as quite as important a scheme as long as like what they're teaching they're good at teaching it right and they got players that can fit it. And right. I think Rule, once again, has done a good job saying, like, it's not about scheme, it's about players. We'll fit the scheme to the players. It's about players, and it's about the ability to fit your, you know, fit those players into whatever system it works best for, for them. And he, and he also referenced that, that he likes it with Tony White because he's creative. Yeah. Um, do you like, do, how do you feel about, I, I think, here's the, real quick, I think a lot of people, when they heard there was like, what was it going to be, a $7 million pool for assistant coaches? I think a lot of people in their head thought it was going to be like, you know, the 1992 dream team of like coaches, you know, I mean, it was going to be just these well-known proven coordinators, position coaches. And it's not really been like that. Yeah. This is the only guy that's probably outside of the rule, like close inner circle. Um, but, you know, I think he's an up-and-coming name. He really is. You know, he's coached for a while, so he's he's not like uh, – he's not a newbie, but he's been a coordinator and an interim – so he's been a uh, a passing game coordinator, def- interim defense coordinator, defensive coordinator. You know, so, like, he's done this now for a few years at the yes. coordinator level, right? But he's been a coach for, you know, let's see, since – so 16 years almost, right? So he's been a coach for 16 years. He's done the college game for a while. So he's not new to coaching, 
but he's gotten his feet wet as a coordinator. So he's not a first time coordinator. So we're not hiring necessarily a veteran coordinator. We're hiring more of an up and coming coordinator. And this is the first guy outside of Matt rules, like closer inner circle. I yes. I, I think one of the, to jump ahead, because we'll talk at Satterfield here in a second, but like, I am a little, the only thing, if I had to poke holes and I'll poke a hole at something here in, in a second, but like, I am, if there's one thing I wanted to see with this staff, it was Big Ten experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I, I do think this league, now you could say, well, it's Donovan Rola. He's got a year. He played in the Big Ten. What I mean, he's I, new to the Big he's Ten. He's new to yeah. the Big Ten, too, in all reality. I do, I, I do wish there was someone that has been in the conference recently on this staff, because I think that hurt Frost. Yeah. I think I think they came into this thing, and been, the Big Ten is probably the most unique league. I think it's SEC, Big Ten are the two best leagues. I think SEC's got the best talent. I think Big Ten's got the best coaching. And the Big Ten has just got so many teams that are just different, that it's ball control, run it. You, you understand all that. I wish there was somebody, and I was kind of hoping that somebody was going to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. So – Initially, I was like a little disappointed with the hire. Uh, the more you read about it, the more you you kind of digest it. It's not I'm, I'm not as disappointed, but I was hoping there'd be some Big Ten experience on the staff. Yeah, that would help. I think it would help. You know, he's a he's more of a West Coast guy. I mean, if you look at his he's, he's UCLA grad, he's uh, you know San Diego State, Arizona yes. State. He, he's a West Coast guy. So I mean, maybe that'll help us recruit a little bit out there. Uh, recruit Arizona a little bit. That's that's great. California, Arizona. Um, but he doesn't really fit into like Big Ten recruiting. Great. Texas recruiting kind of what we've been talking about. Um, you know, he's not a, he's not a veteran. He's not doesn't have the Big Ten experience. So not like all home runs and, and those sort of like checking that box on those checks. Yeah. But like in the end, if you get a really good coach. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you, if you, you know what league you're from. But you know, if you get an average coach, the other stuff helps more. Yes. And so yeah. it, it, we'll find out, is he that good or is he average? Because if he's average and doesn't know the Big Ten and can't recruit the Big Ten, uh, then it hurts us. Right. A little bit more than it probably should. So we're nitpicking here, but like. Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, I'm not I, anti. I just I was, think that's fair, though, because I mean, I, we, we were like when we examined the frost era, we examined a lot of that. Like they yeah. kind of didn't know what they were getting into. Uh, you find it your, your staff matters a ton. And, and it's, you don't know what you're getting into. There's just this big 10 world is different. I think frost even said as much, you heard Mickey numerous times in his press conferences this year, be like, man, this league is different. It is. This league is different, man. Mm -hmm. It's different. Uh, Marcus Satterfield, offensive coordinator. He's with rule at Temple Barrel, Baylor. And then with at Carolina, he was most recently the offensive coordinator at South Carolina. This year, South Carolina went eight and four. Most notably, they in the last two weeks of the season, they beat Clemson and Tennessee. They beat Tennessee 63 to 38 and then beat Clemson 31 to 30. So the offense had a lot of success against two of the 10 best teams in the country. Yeah. Um, it does seem like he wants to throw it around a little bit. He did have Spencer Rattler this year. Uh, he, he's a guy that will run the quarterback. Uh, Rattler had 66 carries, which isn't a ton. To put it in perspective, Martinez carried it, I think, 144 times his yeah. last year at Nebraska. And Casey Thompson carried it 50-some times this year. So not a ton, but he will. there will be some QB run game. 
Another guy I don't have a great feel for. I don't know. I mean, I think I was hoping for, you know, uh, when you're open to God country option, Jeff Munkin, anything I'm like, I'm a guy that I'm more prone to want to get under center and run the ball. Yeah. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, or not as under center, just I want to run the ball. You know, Minnesota's out of the gun, but they run the ball. Uh, how do you feel about Satterfield? Uh, I feel okay about him here. And here's why I feel like, I feel like this is the most like extension of Matt Rule hire. Right. He hired this guy who's been with him before multiple places. Uh, it's one of his guys. Matt Rule knows everything he's getting with this guy. There's no like yeah. whip frosting where they're like, oh, we're trying to figure each other out here. Right. Like, I want to do this. You want to do this. Like, there, there was a some budding of the head, mm-hmm. some budding of philosophy. There's no budding of philosophies here. This is a Matt Rule extension yes yeah. not really like an independent coach like tony tony, tony could be a little bit of that there's a little bit of that this yeah. is what i do let me do my thing right okay i'll mold this a little bit more what you how you want it but no you're right be, though there's gonna right. be more molding with tony white this is matt rule i think yeah in my opinion this is just matt rule hiring one of his guys to do what matt rule wants so i feel okay about it because it, matt rule knows exactly what he's getting so this is more of a you just have faith in that rule and Marcus actually will be fine. That, I agree. That, I have nothing to add to that. That's perfectly put. Cause I, I, I would say that's the best way to probably put it. I'm not like jumping for joy, but I think, uh, I think the way you kind of laid it out is, is good. All the other position coaches, you know, rule even said in his press conference that he's not going to hire a rock star staff and that, you know, that he likes young. They're all guys that seem young. They're energetic. Um, I got no real hard opinion on any of these guys one way or the other. There are a lot of guys that have played for him or coached it. Like it's a, it, it's a Matt rule set. I mean, like, well, and that's the thing too. I, I talked about this with Shig. One of the biggest silly narratives out there is I hear this from people all the time. Like, well, you know, this coach, I just told him to hire all his buddies and all his guys that he knows. It's like, show me a staff where some head coach filled all 10 of his assistants with guys that he had never met before, has no connection to, doesn't ever, has never coached with them at all. Like we're, we're creating this picture that doesn't exist. No, it's because like when you're a coach, that's your life. Other coaches are your life. Right. And the coaches you meet are your life and you, you form connections with. And that's sort of your little world. And there's a lot of like, like instant changes of life for you. You're fired. This staff's here. I got a job there. And you got to make big decisions very quick with not a lot of information. And what do you do in those situations? You fall back on what you know. And it's the people you spend time, yes. all of your time in your life with, which is going to be these like the people the that coaches you work yes. with. Right. I've watched him coach. He's passed the test. Got it. Or am I going to interview 10 people that I've never met and just hope? Hope like that it's compatible and it works for sure. Or you call, like, if I'm a coach, if I'm me and I, I'm hiring people, I'm either hiring you or I'm calling you at some other school and saying, Nick, who do you got that could be my coordinator? And you go, Bo, my yeah. receiver's coach is, uh, I, w- I would have him be my coordinator if I didn't have a guy. Yeah. And you'd say, hire him. I'd say, you got it. I trust Nick Ba with my life. 
I'm hiring the guy Nick Ba tells me to hire. Right. So, so in, in one way or another, you're, it's your circle that's helping you either you're hiring within that circle or using the circle to make an outside of the yeah. circle hire. You better believe that to hire Tony White, I guarantee you Matt Rule called somebody in his circle. He called Nick Ba and said, and Nick, said Tony White. Nick, who, do, who should I hire? I think he should hire Tony, Tony White. So that's how it works. So I just, you know, like, I just don't like that it's all his own guy. It's like that. Every staff is that. Yeah. Every staff is that. I think the only time you, you hire bigger name, like I always think that it's like there's certain head coaches that sort of like, and some of the greatest ones are the ones that can coach all their coaches and coach all the positions. Yeah. Then there are other ones that are a little bit more hands off guys who hire uh, people with maybe bigger. I mean, even like think about 85 Bears, like Buddy Ryan and Mike Ditka, two big personalities. Like, you know, yeah. like that's like a different situation. Mo I think a lot of coaches, they want more just their guys. They're not going to be fighting with them. It's going to be more like, I think that rule is more of a like, he's going to control everything. Or or you get to where you, you have such a machine rolling that, that Nick Saban can hire like, you know, he kind of has like a different offensive coordinator. You know, you could hire Lane Kiffin and then Steve Sarkeesian and yeah, then yeah. Bill O'Brien and all this stuff. Like, but he's also he's got the ability to coach the coaches. Like yes, he, the best of them can coach the coaches and develop coaches. Uh, he kind of does bring it for coord offensive coordinators. He does kind of bring Coordin in offensive coordinators. The main, yeah, the main one that seems to change a lot. But he brings in a very well known dude usually. That's that's the unique thing with Saban with the late, which is interesting. But, but either okay, you ready yeah. for my? If I have to be negative for a second, like yes, you this Matt rule. You got up there, and you told me it was all about the trenches. You told me you told me this is what the the, the the key here in Lincoln, figuring out how to win here in Lincoln at Nebraska is the trenches. It's all about the O line and D line. That's what this is going to be all about. And you go out and you retain an offensive line coach who's got one year of college coaching experience. That one year, we've already been over this, regardless of how you want to divvy up the blame pie, it didn't go well. Mm -hmm. He's not known as a great recruiter, but that's your O-line coach. And then your defensive line coach, Terrence Knighton, the guy that played for you, but he's only been a position coach in college for one year, and that was at Wagner. Mm-hmm. He was also an assistant D-line coach at Carolina, but only one year in college as a head D-line coach. So a grand total of two years' experience between your O-line and your D-line coach with not a ton of recruiting prowess, and the resume is just, meh. I would say that's the only thing that I'm like, mm. Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of experience there. No. But once again, I think Matt Rule is betting on himself. Right. That his experience is. And I would say he's kind of a rare guy that he kind of, I think he's coached O line. He's, you know, like. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, 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 done all. he's all the O line. I think Matt Rule is going to be like in that room a lot. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think you're, it's very fair what you're saying. Like, and I don't know that he landed like a big offensive line recruit or, I mean, we did get one guy from Arizona State in the transfer yeah, portal, the which is like, yeah. good. That might be a nice addition, right? He's played some football. Uh, and so I think we'll see what happens after, like, you know, the, the whole transfer portal thing, because that's going to ramp up again in January, yes. I believe. So um, we'll yes, see. We'll see what we can. 
what the offseason holds for trying to get more offensive linemen here but and defensive linemen. I think that's our two oh, things. Jesus. They're going to have yeah. to keep hitting that portal hard right now um, because, yeah, I mean, the hires have not been like sexy hires. No. Um, and I just don't know if some of the hires have totally backed up what he has said. If I'm being, I'm like right now, I'm being like, you know, he's talking about this thing is it's about trenches, O line, D line. And then he hires a guy that ran the three, three, five. And again, I'm probably getting too caught up in that. And I realize that he's, he's going to be, he's not necessarily going to run the three, three, five. But at the end of the day, at Syracuse, he ran the three, three, five. Now they actually were okay against the run and all that stuff. And then you also then hire, you know, a coordinator that I think seems like he's more wants to spread it out and, and throw it a little bit. So if I have to be negative, I would be a little bit like, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's like, I've hired the I formation coach and I've hired the, the 20 year offensive line coach and the 20 year defensive line coach and the defensive coordinator that like the one thing that dude's man is rock solid in the trenches against the run, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm nitpicking here, but if I have to, rather than just usually we turn on the mics and we just chug the Kool-Aid, if I have to like throw a little bucket of hot, uh, cold water on everything like that, that was, I'm just going through, I wrote that down in my notes like a, a couple of weeks ago of like just everything that he said. And then I would say his hires have been like, I don't know if the hires fully match that so far. Yeah. I mean, Tony White, Tony White, I would say is like, I'm, I'm not upset with the Tony White hire. I, I'm like, yeah, the way you put it, like, it's weird. I'm not. I'm not in love with either hire, but I'm also not anti either hire. Like, especially yeah. the way you put it, like Tony White, like, okay. And then the Satterfield, the connection with him and Rule, uh, you, you, can, you can find a way to – There's synergy. There's there. synergy. He there. knows what he's getting there. Absolutely. And Tony White, like, if he had never been a coordinator before, I would have been – that would have been trouble. Like, the fact is, like, he's a guy that we stole away from Syracuse, right? Like, I think they, they were – they had a nice little turnaround there. Yes, and this is his second time being a coordinator. Right. So he was a, he was a coordinator at Arizona State. Um, he was like basically passing game coordinator, and then became the interim defense. So he like he's had experience at two different places. Like I think that's a good like you you just learn so much more if you have to do it in multiple places. You know. So I think and, that's a good that's good that he has at least um, he's got that experience he's been a, rec like a recruiting coordinator like even things like that like okay these are good experiences to like have on a resume because it shows like okay i've taken more responsibility i've done some things uh i understand what is involved this is not my first time yeah trying to figure this thing out i've done it i've learned the, the mistakes i'll be a little bit better and then the last thing with satterfield it's also good to think that, like that guy sat in a room devised a game plan against clemson and beat them That's what offensively like, like i mean and if we beaten a Clemson around here in a long time, no, okay, or, even, like, or even like good enough for me, at right? This point, Tennessee you know? beat Alabama, and he hung sixty three on Tennessee. So, yeah, I, I give him some credit. I yeah. give him some credit there. R to wrap it up, uh, a handful of things to hammer through here. There's been some guys that have left that I want to talk about. Trey Palmer, we expected that, you know, huge loss, but expected. Ernest Hausman, we talked about that a little bit. That one, there are certain ones that like. They really get you in your ribs, yeah. and you're like, ah, that one hurt a little bit. Can't believe the kid from Columbus, right? Yeah, the kid from Columbus left. I mean, I maybe can understand when it's when, you know your coach leaves, and Michigan's calling, and you have to start over with a new coach, and you can do it at Michigan or at Nebraska. Yeah, but that one, 
that one hurts because man, he by the end of the year he was coming on. Yeah, yeah, it's, but you know that's 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 the give and take in this in this uh, situation when you make those changes. Yes, you stuff know, like that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just even even for a guy that you didn't anticipate, like an Ernest Hauser, I would have thought Hausman. You know, like I would have put Hausman in the Henrich call, like a guy that no way hit their league. And yeah, surprise. I would have thought he he would you know be a Nebraska kid, but you know, like I said, they 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 got rid of his his coaches, and you know, it's you it's underestimated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the arguably the biggest one is Garrett Nelson. That that's that's a hard one because it's like he's already played four full years. Like he's he should be out. He shouldn't be coming back. Right, but. He's such a tweener of like, is he an NFL guy or is he not? I don't know. That like you go, man, you you could come here and almost make more money guaranteed than you could guaranteed making a team. You, you know? also wonder, and I don't know how you you had been by the time you were a senior, like by the time your the 07 season wrapped up, not only had you exhausted all of your eligibility, you had been through a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yep. Multiple coordinators, multiple head coaches, turmoil. The, you know, the, you've, you had some great moments as a program, some brown, like you had been through a lot. Yeah. Garrett's been through a lot. Yeah. It probably at that point where you're like, I'm ready to go sign with an agent, go to Arizona, train for the combine, and like move on with the next phase of my football life. Yeah. And I wonder if he's talking to, you know, people, agents, and things, you know, that are giving him like, hey, it sounds like you got a chance to get drafted right. and make a team. And for him, that might be enough. That right. might be enough. Like, he just needed to be like, here's where they're ranking you right now. Here's where it sounds like you're a sixth-round pick or a fifth-round pick. And for him, it's like, that might be enough. And do you think he's – there are certain guys that – I don't know how much better film he can really put out there. Like, if – not say he can't get better. He absolutely can get better. But I also don't know if there's just a ton for him to come back and gain on the field necessarily. He only got so many good years. Like that's a, he's beat there's that a body up. I think he's beat his body up pretty good too. Where oh he had the elbow thing and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, like, he, he's a monster. But you know, it's like how many people make it more than three to five years in the pros? Like so, you know what? Like and and that league minimum is, you know, I think it's upwards of like. Half a million to, right? I don't know what it is. Now. I, it used to be three, but that's the difference. Three hundred something now is like seven hundred something. Yeah, you. I mean, it, you only have there. There's a clock. Yeah, the play with zero service will earn a minimum of six hundred sixty thousand. So yeah, it's around. So he could probably do better than the pros than he could in college. But yeah, he, he could make he could make two fifty to. I mean, he could make a lot thousand. But, as, but, in but your, to your point though, it's like there's a clock. That's the, that's the difference. Like, there's a clock that all athletes have where Father Time is coming for everybody not named Tom Brady or LeBron James. Like, at some point, your body's just like, it's done. And so, I guess you didn't see it. Jason Peter sent off a series of tweets after Garrett Nelson to uh, announce he was leaving. We always said that it was, uh, it was Ty Robinson and Jason that were like, Buddies, it's a, I, it might have been Garrett Nelson and him. Like, you yeah. to read some of the tweets. It's yeah. a six-part wow. tweet. It said where to begin. There were times over the past couple of years when this program was on the edge for whatever reason, but always at the center of it, making sure that everyone's focus on the task at hand and this week's opponent, today's practice, wherever it was, this 
man stood in the middle of it, trying to make sure everyone's focus was where it needed to be, whatever was needed in order for us to stay afloat. Whenever I needed something done, a message related to a position group or the team, there was only one guy I went to, and I knew I demanded the attention of everyone on that team. I tell Nelly, he was born 20 years too late because he could have fit in right with our teams in the 90s. I would have loved seeing him standing next to me in the huddle. But unfortunately, for the program's sake, he came 20 years later because without these past few years would have been rough. He's coach. He's a coach's dream, hardest working guy in the field, leader of the team, making an impact off the field. This goes up. So, I mean, wow. wow yeah, that's, I mean. What you can't ask for more than a Garrett Nelson. You can't. Like, no, he he's a maximizer. He he's right. He's energy, and he's gonna he's he's a beast. I mean, the guy's physically a beast. Right. But he's he gets everything out of himself. He and he plays his freaking butt off. Yes, he plays. I thought he was good this. Year. I, I did really too. I thought he was a good player the last couple of years. Like I mean, could you you knew Garrett? You were gonna get everything out of him. Yeah. And, you know, he was, he was always going to be about the right thing, think, thinking the right thing. So, like, but for JP, to, JP's not an ass kisser. If anything, he's more prone to be like, you can't. Yeah, not good. You're not fucking good. That means it's respect. Her. That's a lot of respect there yeah. from Jason. You know, Jason Jason Garrett, when they had to, have, like, say how they felt to each other, <laughs> let's just put it to you this way. I don't want to smash your face. <laughs> I kind of want to kiss your face. I mean, that lightly crap you in the head. I hate you. I hate you too. Okay. I want to. I, I think they just. They wrestled. They wrestled. And when they were exhausted, they knew that that was their way of saying goodbye. I appreciate you. To that's, what, that's what I'm trying to say, man. I know. I've seen you every day and work with you. I know, man. You're ugly. You Get off me. You too, man. Okay. See you later. That's how guy. That's how Jason bonds with people. Yep. Uh, <laughs> now we fight. Okay. But Garrett Lawson got. Uh, Garrett Nelson gun. Uh, Colton Feast. What? I'm confused with him. Is he? I think he's just like, I'm done. He's just going to go back to, where's he from? Like, I think he's UTAN, maybe. He's, he's going back to UTAN and like. On the track. Just fill up people's gas. And be like, yep. You're looking at him. I don't think he's Fill people's gas. Fill her up. Told me. Yep. Once upon a time. Yep, you guessed it. Remember 2022? Feist gas station. Welcome to Feist. Welcome to we get Colton's Feist Petrol. Feisty Feist's. Feisty Feist's. Lowest gas prices in the Utah Ashland area. <laughs> did I play in Nebraska? Oh, no, did I? Yeah, I'll tell you stories. Um, <laughs> but he played the second most snaps of, of any D lineman. So, big loss again. And then, uh, O'Shawn Mathis. Mathis got sacks. Uh, he is not coming back either. He was a huge disappointment this year. I mean, I thought we were going to get like Reggie White, JJ Watt. He was just okay. He was he an was okay, okay. But, but I mean, that's a Garrett Nelson, Colton Feast, O'Shawn Mathis. Tanner's like, gone. Caleb I mean, Tanner's gone. Like, holy moly. Basically, it's Ty Robinson and. And up, 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 up. Is the mic back? Are we back? back? I think it's back. He's good. Yeah. You can hear me? Okay. Yeah, I see it's coming up. You're good. Yep. Okay. So anyway, it's, Ty it's Robinson. Ty Robinson, and then it's you know new guys, new guys for the backup roles. You have them Yikes. step up. Uh, you know, and it's going to be an interesting to see who 
kind of fills in there because right oh that that D, oh man it's gonna be an interesting it's gonna be moment. very interesting uh we said who's coming back so casey thompson uh i think aj allen's coming back which i think is i think that's big i yeah. liked him and in, in, before he got hurt jamari butler went into the portal peeked in there they went in, nope uh, Who? Oh, nope sorry north texas he like right. stepped, it's like an elevator he stepped out on the wrong floor and he was like damn it it's like he was like, dude, I'm breaking up my girlfriend. There's this bar upstairs. Oh, God. <laughs> he tells me it's like he went all there. dogs. It's it all a, dogs. It he's, a, like, <laughs> he's like, he goes back there. He's like, you know, I was just I was thinking about honey. He's like, we should give this another chance because I went to the party and that's when I realized, girl, yeah. you're the only girl for me. I just knew that we were meant to be or something. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's do it. Um, and then anyone else? I don't know if there's anyone notable that has been like, I'm staying, and they're like, thanks a lot. Daryl dropped past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I decided to come back. It's like, you're on the team? <laughs> Were you? I, hope, I want some walk-on that's never played to tweet, I'm back. I'm back. I want, I, at this point, I want that. That's what I want. Just somebody that's never played. Yeah. Say, I'm back. Great. I'm coming back. A um, couple other things real quick before we say goodbye. What vibe do you get from fans on excitement level with rule and everything right now? Do you get like, what's the sense? You always talk about that when you, you're out doing your stuff with Stryker and hospitals. Like, I'd say, I'd say it's fairly low right now. Like, people aren't necessarily anti rule, but I guess I don't sense that everywhere you go. Everyone you talk to, they just want to talk about rule and this and that. I don't. I don't sense that. I think I, I told you I'm cautiously optimistic. Right. I think people are very cautiously optimistic. Right. Like not just like, hey, it's gonna be. It's like they've been beat down these last five years so badly. You know what it is? They are just. They're just. They're just trying to like be like. You know what it is. And the reason this movie's fresh in my head because uh, Marvin the other day decided he wanted to wake up at like 4.45 and he was just up for the day. And this might have been on like Christmas Eve or something like that. And I went downstairs and I turned on the TV and Jerry Maguire was on. Oh. Are Nebraska fans the, 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 women's, the women's group? Yes. That they, like that's pretty much like where they're all talking about how terrible men are yeah. and not like that basically and Matt Rule walks, walks in, Matt Rule walks in. Right, like, I'm looking here. for my program and we're like <laughs> I'm looking for Nebraska football. <laughs> Wait a minute, are we Renee Zellweger? <laughs> I think we would be Renee Zellweger. Just shut up. Shut up. Shut up. You had me at Nebraska football. You had me at Nebraska program? <laughs> By the way, do you ever hear Simmons, Bill Simmons poked an enormous hole and like how did so, uh, who? about Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character's name? I'm a blanking on his name. Rod Tidwell. Rod Tidwell. He he makes an amazing play on Monday Night Football. Yeah. T. Cruz. That, that game's in Arizona. T. Cruz. He clearly goes to. Does he run to the airport? Runs down a long hallway. <laughs> and I mean, if that's an airport and he flies, this women's meeting is taking place at like two in the morning. I suppose it's possible. I mean, he basically was like, I've averaged it out. When you look at the, any flight from, from Phoenix to LA, it's not laying until, you know, and he's got to get to 
It's okay. basically that, that meeting. Those girls were meeting on Monday night at two in the morning. Monday night football, West, West Coast. Coast so maybe they played the game earlier. So it's so five. Let's say the game kicked off at six. Six. That's probably uh, so it gets over at seven thirty. Because he waited around to see Cuba, and then he went. Yeah, they gave each other. Yeah, like, so that means it's not over till nine and ten. It's a late. Yeah, yeah it's a big hole. That's the, the magic of movies, though. You don't have to. Ah, I love that movie, by the way. It's just so good. Great if this if this is empty, this doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. I love. Uh, but no, Nebraska. They're they're the girls sitting around like I'm looking for Nebraska football. <laughs> I'm looking for Nebraska football. <laughs> um, okay, a couple of things. Um, you know, I heard an ESPN guy say this on, on college football recruiting, uh, the recruiting signing day. Nebraska really needs something good to happen early. They're talking about, like, what does Matt Rule need? He talked about that. It's something we've talked about it a, a lot of, like, that just never happened under Frost. It just never – there was never, like, a big moment early that got it yeah. up. Here would be the options. I, I wrote down a couple of things that could happen early. Oh, I like this. Number one. Landing Dylan Raiola, I yep. suppose that would count. It's not on the field, but like you land Dylan Raiola, that's potentially a type of deal. Okay. Yep. Starting two and zero next year. See, I, Nick, that's here's why I like that. Here's why I like that. One, it's Minnesota Big Ten game. Yes. PJ Fleck. Yes. Midwest. Two. The prime. next game, it's prime. And everybody's going to be watching this game. It's gonna be, I bet Big Noon kickoff's there. Yeah, it's going to be prime versus Matt Rule. And sort of the – it's going to be the the battle of the new coaches, the right. new hot coaches. Right. And if we take down prime – And it's the rival. I mean, Colorado, that's yeah. a rival. Oh, I mean, that was our rivalry. You growing up, that was, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was it. But so, yeah, basically the 90s and 2000s, it was, it was Nebraska, Colorado. Colorado. And – Whoa, that I'm so, already getting kind of. I am too. I got like, I, like goosebumps. Are like, like it was like Amazon. I'm like, I'm gonna order some goosebumps. Like, wrong hashtag. <laughs> All right. We have to talk about Amazon sometime soon because uh, we had a great conversation at the other day. Okay. All right. Number three. But, but no, you're, I mean, you beat, you beat PJ Fleck in a Big Ten team and then you go beat a rival, Coach Prime, a huge moment. You start 2 and 0. That is something good happening early. And let's get crazy for a second. Yeah. You do that, you got a shot to start four and zero, and then Michigan's coming to town. <laughs> Look at us already. Uh, yeah. Let's. Uh, I'd say let's not get past the two and zero. I like that. Let's not talk. You don't want to talk Northern Michigan. Illinois and Louisiana Tech because then if you beat, if no, you, I can talk four and I can't talk Michigan. I no, can't no, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm yeah. saying, but like I can talk four and zero. I can talk. I'm, the reality is, if you start two and zero, you got a great chance to start four and zero. That th those first two are going to be tough though. Oh, PJ Flex going to be like. I got a, I got something for your ass. Yeah, and it's called a handoff. <laughs> but so, uh, by the way, kind of lame. Matt Rule home opener is until September sixteenth. Oh, I mean, how lame is that? Man, we're at Minnesota, at Ooh. Minnesota, at Colorado. I mean, that's, who's doing our schedule? I don't know. I swear, the Big Ten has just been like, they just <sighs> said, you know, who we should just always give the worst schedule screw to Nebraska. Yeah, there's no this is I, screw Nebraska. My God. Um. But yeah, I, that'd be pretty good. I mean, I'm already getting excited. You getting excited about that? Okay, I got. That's all I got for that's that was that was all I got for now. I mean, you got any college football playoff prediction? You want to make Ohio State, Georgia? You go. You think Georgia? If there's a team that's got a chance, like 
there's a non-negotiable level of like dudes you got to have if you want to like beat and play beat, with Georgia. Yeah, beat Georgia. And Ohio State's one of like two to three teams in the country that's going to have the dudes to do it. Does Michigan have the dudes? I don't think so. I don't think Michigan, after playing them, I'm like, they're good. I was very, I thought they were better last year. I do too. And they, they got rocked last year. I, but Ohio State, I mean, like, I think Ohio State has a better chance than Michigan for some reason. I do too. That's what, I, I'm not so sure the winner of that game isn't your national champ. Yeah. Even though Michigan beat Ohio State. TCU, I'm not sure what to make of them. Uh, um, the Watching Kansas State in a lot of ways outplay them. I just feel like I feel like TCO, TCU is going to get spanked, and I think I think I think Georgia's going to spank them. I don't know spank if they're going to spank them. I think they're going to be they're, a homie, homie clown situation. Yeah, I think they're going to be okay because uh, they're confident as hell. Right oh now, my so god! I mean, it's, it's, it's back to back titles for them. They're they got these got some dudes. They're just, they, I mean, did they even really? I, shame on me. Did they even really get touched this year? I don't like, know. did they have a game that was? I'm not sure if they. I mean, they. I'm sure that. Yeah, and they. You know, they beat Kentucky 16 to six, Tennessee 27 13. You know, so there was a, there were a few games I suppose that were like a little tight, but for the most part, no. So, okay, there you go. Uh, I love that we talked to Jerry McGuire. That makes me happy. Should we? Uh, should we? <laughs> Should we show him the money on the way out here? <laughs> what, do we, what do we close with? What are we close with? Are we yelling? Show me them. <laughs> or should we say, or should we just tell him? You had me at hello? You had me at Nebraska. You had me at Nebraska football. You had me at Nebraska football. A Heard at Sports Network production.